Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind View podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey with my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. And if you are new Thank you so much for stopping by to see what this podcast is all about. I'm so excited to have all of you here with me for this episode. And the way that it works is I usually share a journal entry of mine and reflect on what I wish I know then when I was in the thick of the struggle and what I wish I and what I know now as a certified life coach. But um, today I have a special guest with us. Her name is Tamiko Clark. She is a certified holistic nutritionist. She is also a health coach and she's a wellness strategist and she loves to help busy moms that are struggling to stay consistent with their health habits so that they can create this intentional life and leave a legacy for their families that was better left for them. And I love the legacy part because that too is my mission to help other women leave a legacy that they can be proud of. And that is better than what was left for them. So um, Tamiko, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Um, please tell us more about you and how you got started in the journey of becoming a certified holistic nutritionist, health coach, and wellness strategist. Thanks, Kim, for the warm introduction and for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. So how I started out was really, I had come from a background of being that junk food kid. My mother was a young mom. She was a single mother. She worked full time. She didn't really have a lot of time to cook. So for us in our home, me and my brother, we were eating good when our bellies were full. So there wasn't really a focus on nutrition. And for me, nutrition and wellness, if you would have asked me that when I was a kid, I would have been like, what's that? And so I pretty much spent my childhood in the fast food drive throughs ordering pizzas, um, all of the snacks and processed foods, TV dinners, and everything, you name it, that was, and as a kid, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And, but as I entered into adulthood, that's when things, that foundation really started to take a toll on me physically and spiritually and mentally, but I didn't know what was going on because I didn't know what I didn't know. And that wasn't the foundation that I had. And one day I walked into the health and wellness clinic that I went to regularly for just regular checkups. And I filled out, I was sitting in the waiting room, filling out that questionnaire that they have you like, you know, are you doing this? How often are you doing that? And like, how do you feel? And just all of those things. And I'm like, I feel horrible. And so I was just checking off all of those things and, you know, and not really thinking much about, you know, the lifestyle things that I was checking mm -hmm. off. And so when I went to the nurse practitioner and I met with her, I said, gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm super duper tired. I mean, at the time I was in my early twenties, I had, there was no reason that I should have been as tired as I was. Um, I was having just a lot of things. I was just not feeling like like my best self. And I thought that there was something wrong with me. And she very plainly said, looked at me and said, change your lifestyle and you won't be feeling like this. And I just smiled and nodded because it sounded mm -hmm. like something that was a, a no brainer in the way that she was saying it. But to me, that was brand new news to me. I didn't grow up with that foundation. And so I just didn't know. So I spent several years kind of guessing at what healthy looks like and kind of following the stereotype of what a healthy lifestyle looks like 
and, you know, trying to be more active and eating salads and smoothies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was something that I would kind of be on this roller coaster of, you know, doing really well. And then I would fall off the wagon and I would be Mm -hmm. back to, you know, the Burger King um, drive through or eating pizza and hot Cheetos and so and lots of uh, soda and or pop in other parts of the country and world. And I just had a really hard time sticking with it. And so it was wasn't until I had my first child, my son. And that's when I knew that that really like lit a fire under me. And I knew that I wanted to change. I wanted to change this generational habit that we had created within my family. And I wanted things to be different for him. I wanted him and my future kids, I wanted them to have the foundation of healthiness in a way that felt genuine and natural. And so I really just made it a mission to get healthy. And, um, and so I just kind of figured out like the best way that worked for me. And I figured out how to build strategies. And I learned a lot more. I read lots of books and magazines and took courses and all of these things. And then finally just figured out what worked for my lifestyle. And a real full circle moment for me was when I was at a birthday party with my son, who at the time was maybe about four years old. And it was birthday cake time. And the host was handing, you know, slices of cake to each kid. And then he got to my kid and he was like, uh, he just made a face and like, you know, scrunched his nose a little bit and shook his head and he said, no, thank you. And then he turned back at me and just kind of did the little side whisper and said, mom, can I go get more strawberries? And I said, (laughs) absolutely, kid, go for it. And so he got out of the little picnic bench and he ran over and filled up this big bowl of like overflowing strawberries and came back and was like eagerly eating all of these strawberries while everybody else was having ice cream and cake. Nothing wrong with ice cream and cake, but it was such a full circle moment because me coming from the junk food kid and then now being like, you know, this mother that is raised like a kid that's choosing strawberries over cake. And the the moment that I knew that I, or the moment that sparked for me and wanting to be a health coach and helping other women do the same thing uh, was there was a mom standing next to me that witnessed that whole um, exchange. And she just looked just awestruck. And she said to me, gosh, when my, when I had my kid, I so badly wanted to do that, but I, it was just too hard. Mm -hmm. There were just, it was, it wasn't easy just, you know, to keep up with it. I had people in my family that were looking at me as if I was depriving my kid Mm -hmm. um, by wanting to feed them healthy. And I just felt a lot of judgment. And so I just gave up. And that was something that just really stuck with me. And I knew Mm -hmm. that this is something that I would want to do. I want to help other women feel empowered and equipped to create health and wellness on their terms. That feels like just the way we live for their kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I resonate so much with your childhood story of junk food because um, my mom grew up in the foster care system and didn't have access to a lot of food. And so growing up, my mom, you know, finally could provide food and have access to it. So it was like holiday time, like they have the frosted Oreos. We had those and we had the regular Oreos and we had chips ahoy and we had Doritos and we had regular chips and we had barbecue chips and we had all of these things. 
And, um, and my mom didn't like just fill up the bag a little bit. It was like the whole sandwich bag was filled with chips. It was like half a sleeve of cookies in the sandwich bag in addition to all the other things. And so, you know, my, when I was with my mom and she made my lunch, my parents were divorced, um, with my stepmom though, lunch was different. So when my mom made my lunch, and I was at my mom's house. I was like the envy of school because I was like, everyone was like, oh my God, look at all that stuff you have in your lunch. You want to trade? Nope. I sure do not. But at my dad's house, my stepmom was, didn't grow up with that food deprivation. And so she was, and she's a nurse. So she was, you know, much more conscious about, what was in my lunch in terms of like, it would be like yogurt and like a whole wheat sandwich and definitely not nearly as fun as the lunch as I got at my mom's house. And so, so, and I was picky, my dad is picky. And he tells the story of like, when I was a baby, he would go to the store and if he didn't like it, he wouldn't buy it for me. So like, he was like, Oh, that sounds disgusting. Nope. Oh, bananas. I like bananas. She can have that. <laughs> so it wasn't until my early twenties when I actually started to eat vegetables. I'm with there. I had a fresh green bean for the very first time at 19 years old. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it was like, and I was like, oh, because for so long I told myself that they, these things tasted disgusting. And then when I actually ate it, I was like, oh, it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. And then it was more, it was easier for me to try new foods. And so, you know, wanting to instill that in my kids, but my daughter, Casey is the younger is so incredibly picky. My older daughter, Lily, she's now willing to branch out and try things because she says it's embarrassing to order from the kids menu because she's almost 13. Um, <laughs> but my girlfriend and I, we just did a food challenge with Casey and her daughter. They're both the same age. And we told them, we'll give you $100 if you try all the fruits and vegetables that we serve you with no fussing and no complaining. And then when my older daughter was like, wait, I'm sorry, they're getting $100 to try food. She was like, I, I went in on this. And so we blindfolded them. The blindfolds didn't last long, um, but my daughter, my younger was so dramatic. She was like gagging. I was like, Casey, it's a carrot. Give me a break. It's a carrot. Like stop gagging. So she did better with the fruits than she did with the vegetables. Um, her friend was funny. She was like, I'm not eating another thing. I'm done. I don't care about the money. I'm done. Not my kids are like, keep it coming because we want the money. <laughs> so, but it's, it can be a challenge when kids are picky and so there's times where I feel like, you know, I'm cooking three meals, like one for my husband, not so much now because they're getting older, but when they were little, it was like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? It was like Kim's kitchen to try and make sure that we weren't having meltdowns about food, that we all had something that we liked, that and it was also healthy. And so it can be a lot and overwhelming um, for moms. And that's where like, we just sometimes give up and be like, whatever you want that kids cuisine processed TV dinner, have it because I don't feel like fighting with you to eat your vegetables. I totally, I, that resonates so much because I hear it all of the time. I feel like that's the story at almost every single dinner table, at least in America. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a common thing. And one of the reasons why I really love helping moms, especially that have toddlers, because that's kind of like the ideal time to kind of start setting those, those boundaries. But even with the older kids, it's just kind of figuring out the with them, if you've ever heard of that, the what's in it for me. And yes. so finding, you know, how can you influence them in a positive way that's aligned with like what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And so for instance, like a, a smaller kid that's into, I don't know if my kids are a little bit 
past us now, but uh, PJ Masks. And so yes. there's a character on there, Catboy, and he runs super duper fast. And so one, when my son was younger, I would tell him, you know, like, okay, well, if you, you know, if you eat this, this is something that's rich in protein and it's, you know, rich in these different nutrients and you could run fast like Catboy. And, you know, or for maybe a teenager, you can let them know about just the antioxidant rich foods that are really good for our hair, skin and nails. And, you know, those types of things and figuring out like how you can, and this is going to sound wrong, but how you can kind of sell them on like, what are like the benefits and not eat your vegetables because they're good for you. Because of course, there's just this natural rebel in most of us where when somebody tells you that you have to do something it oh, yeah. loses a whole lot of appeal yeah, and so amazing. yeah and okay. I mean I think it's all of us and that's why I think we struggle with getting healthy so much yeah. because it feels like something that we have to do mm-hmm. and something that we should be doing instead of something that we just want to do because we like the way that we feel mm-hmm. and because or we don't like the way that we feel when we're eating the things that are overly processed and being able to recognize like when that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, there's, you know, pressure too from social media and mommy and me groups and school that your kid has the healthy lunch because you know, kids go home and be like, Oh my God, like me growing up. Oh my God. She had a whole bag of Doritos and that's not fair that I don't get those. I have to get the Lay's baked, you know? And like, I don't want those. I don't want those baked chips. They're not as good as the Doritos or whatever. And so then we feel pressure because we're like, Oh my gosh, if they're going home, the other moms are going to know that I sent sent you to school with junk food. And so then we feel this pressure to like, make sure that we're doing what the other moms are doing, even though it might make our lives incredibly stressful, incredibly overwhelming, but it's like, so coming to peer pressure in a bad way. Absolutely. And that is something that is so deeply saddening that we do that. And that's not just with food in this situation. It's with so many things that, I mean, as there are a lot of benefits to social media, but there, that's definitely one of the biggest downsides that I don't think it's any secret that that whole comparison that Mm -hmm. we, we do and everything that we do in our lives and with the food. And one of the things that I like to tell clients is that when you're starting off on creating your, or starting your wellness journey, you want to really sit down and, you know, take a few minutes to just think about what your intentions are, what's important to you, what is the thing, what's the driver that's bigger. So I understand that, you know, a big majority of people want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the thing that makes people want to start getting healthy. Mm -hmm. But, and that's a fine, yes, goal. I get it. Absolutely. But it can't, your intention for your wellness journey, it can't be about the weight loss. Mm -hmm. Because um, you're, it has to be something bigger. And so same thing with wanting to, you know, feed your kids in a healthy way, you have to get really deep and intentional about it so that it's something that really moves you and that you really believe in your heart, because that's the only thing that's going to protect you from, you know, worrying about what, you know, the other moms are doing or what the other moms are going to be thinking, Mm -hmm. because we know just across the board in our lives that when we're 
too focused on, you know, what's going on in the lane next to us. That's when we get tripped up and we lose sight of what our values are, what's important to us. And when we're laser focused on what our intention is, why we're doing this, why it means something, that makes it so much easier for you to keep with it. And it makes it so much easier for you to put your blinders on to what everybody else is doing and then focus on your yourself and what are the things that motivate you? What are the things that make it easy for you to keep up with? And then looking at with your kids, what speaks to them? Like making sure that it's a conversation that you're having with them about why we're doing this. And it becomes this thing of like, well, you know, in the Keen household, this is how we do, like, this is how we do things. And where it's kind of like, you're creating your own tribe, you know, within your family, that this is how we live our lives. And you, and you embody that as a mother and a leader in your household. And that's something that trickles down to your kids, where they have a lot of pride in the fact that we are a wellness family, or we, we make healthy choices in our family. And just getting down to how your, how your kids operate and what really speaks to them and, and really promoting a healthy lifestyle as something that would benefit them and what matters to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the same thing when I'm working with clients, you know, it's leveraging that, what will this cost you if you don't stick with, you know? And so I know for me when, um, there have been times where I have not eaten healthy because I've let, you know, the journey of mom life overtake. And I was realizing like, oh my gosh, I was barely having 800 calories a day, not because I was trying to starve myself, but because it was like, get the kids to school, get home, throw laundry on, do dishes, do the cleaning for the day. And then it was like, oh, time to switch the laundry, but it's lunchtime. It was like, and I'm hungry, but I'll get to that in just a minute. And then by the time I got the next five things done, then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go get the kids from school. I'll just grab a cheese stick and a couple crackers and run out the door. And then dinner time, I was starving. So then it was like eating a lot of dinner and I couldn't figure out why I looked ill and I felt ill. And it was like, because you're not giving your body the protein, the nutrients, all of the things that it needs, because you're not in the driver's seat of life. Life is in the driver's seat for you. And so like having that realization of it's costing me energy, I could barely keep my eyes open. I was miserable. I was irritable. When I realized that I was like, oh my gosh. So then I put strategies into place to where I made sure that I was getting 1800 calories a day from all various food groups, not just eating scraps of peanut butter and jelly from kid plates at lunchtime or dinner. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. And because I know that that's something a way that I was living previously before this, I worked for 10 years in the corporate environment, Mm -hmm. and I was in a leadership role. And so it was just, I was constantly while I was at work, I was just constantly on, 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 on that I would have days where I would just forget to eat because I had back-to-back meetings and I was just so busy and so many things going on. And then right afterwards I needed to, you know, go transport someone somewhere or all of these things. And so, and it really did take such a toll on my work performance, Mm -hmm. how I was showing up in front of my, my kids and how I was showing up with my husband, with my friends and my family and just how I felt in general, I wasn't getting quality sleep. And like you said, like I was looking very sickly because I, my grandfather who has never, ever spoken an ill word about anyone. And he, you know, 
saw me on FaceTime once and then he was like, are you doing okay? <laughs> because you don't look that good. And, you know, and he's the sweetest, sweetest man ever. But when he was even noticing and where I knew that like, okay, I gotta, I gotta slow down. And that is the beauty yeah. of strategies. And where I really love focusing on building strategies that fit your life today as opposed to focusing on what meal plan you can, you know, adopt and try to fit yourself into, because when you do that or a diet or some hack or whatever, because it, it makes you, when you're not able to fit and follow that meal plan, or you're not able to, you know, stick to that diet, it's kind of setting yourself up for failure and disappointment because Mm -hmm. when you're not able to perform the things that are laid out in front of you, you feel really, really bad about it. And then if you are someone who suffers from emotional eating, then you, you're, you're just perpetuating the cycle. Mm-hmm. And so what I strongly believe in is building strategies into your life that fit the life that you have today. Because so often when we have all of these things on our plate, our self-care, it mm-hmm. tends to be the, the first thing to go. The first yeah. thing that we put aside and say, okay, later, later, later. And that's the opposite of what we should be doing because, you know, as the cliche goes, you can't pour from an empty cup and we have to fill our cup up or when you're on the airplane and they say, put your mask on first, (laughs) the the cabin loses pressure, you know, before you put it on someone else, because if you pass out, you're not going to be able to help your kids and the people around you. And so we have to build strategies in our life today as our life, as is, as our life is today and not waiting until, okay, well, when I'm a little bit less busy or when maybe when this project is done or when the kids aren't having so many extracurriculars or, you know, okay, I'll do it when I'll do it when we can't keep doing that because there's a possibility, a very strong possibility that later or when is never going to come. Mm -hmm. And we have to just you know, pick a day and the time where, okay, I need to create a strategy that fits the life that I live today. How can I have things that are in my kitchen, you know, always that I can always go to and not the things that I think I should be eating. Yeah. The things that I will eat, even if they're just kind of healthy. Because that's one of the big, biggest mistakes that we make too often is we start at the finish line of the race of this wellness journey. And we try to do all the things that someone who's been running marathons for years Mm -hmm. is doing when you're, this is your first like 5k and, you know, and you're trying to do what, like, you know, the professional runners are doing, but really you need to just start where you are and, and just start with something that is just the next level up. And so for instance, if you're buying a bunch of cookies, you know, that are prepackaged, then maybe, you know, the next level would be, you know, baking cookies, or even if that's too far of a level, getting the cookies that come in a tube where you just, you know, slice them up and like, that can be your little next step. And then knowing, okay, after I do the tube cookies, then I'll do some homemade cookies. And then after I start doing homemade cookies, then maybe I'll do, um, like switch out some ingredients to make some swaps and just starting where you are and just working your way up to where you ultimately want to be. Yeah. And I think that's so important because when we try to start, like you said, at the finish line, it feels so overwhelming. And then it's so much easier for us to throw in the towel. So, you know, back when I was not eating enough, the, the place I started was setting the timer for myself. So I got my phone and I set my 9am timer 
my noon timer and my 2 p.m. timer. And I had my 9 a.m. snack. And, you know, when I was getting my kids' lunches ready for school, I will put my 9 a.m. snack in the refrigerator. I would have my list like, okay, today I'm going to have tuna fish for lunch, easy enough, or egg salad sandwich, easy enough. I can do that while I'm doing other things in the kitchen. And then my 2 p.m. timer, that was my to-go snack to have in the car so that I could have fuel, food food fuel for when we were, because then it was never just from school to home. It was always school to an after-school activity, then home. So that I would have that, you know, that healthy food to choose from so that I could have that and not be starving so bad and then being grumpy because I was so hungry and couldn't get home fast enough to scarf down something that was not healthy. And I just got in the habit of carrying, like putting my lunchbox, my little snack bag, right on the counter where my purse was. So that way, when I was grabbing the purse and keys to go, I had my snack bag ready to go. And that was a huge game changer, huge game changer. And it eventually just became a habit. So then I didn't have to think so much about setting the timer and pre-preparing these things. It just became a natural part of my day. Yes, I absolutely love all of that. That is so beautiful because I mean, really, that is the key. You created systems, you knew what your circumstances were, what your schedule is like, what are like your pitfalls and you created systems and put those in place to make sure that you didn't fall into those pitfalls and that you're prepared and that systems and strategies to help you build the habits that you need. And that is, that's exactly like what we want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. And I love the timer thing. I do something similar on my watch when I wasn't getting enough water. Like I would just have like a, you know, 20 minute uh, timer where every time that my smartwatch would just tap me on the wrist, then I would just take a sip of water because I wasn't drinking, I would find that it was the end of the day. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, why am I, you know, why is this taking, you know, why am I feeling so dehydrated? And then I would think back, well, it's because I didn't drink any water today. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, it can be something as simple as that, or something as, you know, perfect, and wonderful, but still accessible as just having like the things ready and that, okay, at this time, I'm going to do this one small piece of the puzzle, as opposed to, okay, I have to plan out and prep my entire week or the month. And I have to know like six weeks in advance, like what we're going to be eating for dinner and lunch and breakfast and all of that, but just taking it one step at a time. That's so great. Yeah. Because I had tried other things where I had tried working with a personal trainer. Cause I was like, I wanted to do more physical fitness too. And the personal trainer put me on this crazy food plan. I was like, I couldn't eat the amount of food that was in the plan. And it was literally the same food every day. It was chicken, broccoli, and I think couscous every day for dinner and every day for lunch. And it was her, I was at the point where I was gagging on it and I was like, I cannot eat this. And she was like, well, I'll swap out the chicken for a flatbread pizza. Well, long story short, needless to say, it didn't, I didn't even make it two weeks. Cause I was like, my body hurts so bad because this is way more than what I'm used to. And I don't ever want to look at food again, because you've now taken all the fun out of my food. So this is not working. So that was where it was like, I knew I couldn't go to that finish line level. I had to start way back, like at the, um, like the pre 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 beginner stage and take it in a much more small approach and build up to something more. And I'm still not good about like, you know, doing meal plans and things because I get bored very easily. So I need that option where I have variety. Um, 
because I get bored and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that, it, and again, I don't have any problems with meal plans. They serve a, a purpose and a place. They definitely have that. But when we're figuring out what our wellness strategy is, mm-hmm. it's so, so important that the, all of the different components that are in our wellness strategy fit, not just, you know, what our goal is, whether that's to lose weight or feel better or lower A1C, high blood pressure, whatever it is. Uh, it, that's just only one component of it. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is that your wellness strategy should include how do you like to eat? What are the kinds of flavors that you like? Yes. Are you someone who, because, you know, for that particular personal trainer, she might be someone who can eat the same thing every single day. My husband, he's that way. Like he could same. totally eat the same three meals every single day for the rest of his life. Yes. And it would be perfectly fine. Yes. I can't do that. Like, either. So, that does not work for me. I like to switch it up. And so just knowing that about yourself and incorporating that into your strategy is so crucial. What are your flavors? What are your that you really like? What are your aversions? What are the things, how, what's your cooking skill? Like what's your tolerance for cooking? How much time do you have? Just kind of looking at all of those different aspects so that you can fine tune a strategy that perfectly fits your Mm -hmm. life, not you trying to fit some perfect ideal of what a healthy lifestyle looks like. Yes. And I also am not opposed to a meal plan because when I basically did my lunch, I like kind of made myself a little mini meal plan. Like Cause it was like, okay, you, this week you can have chicken nuggets. They're not the healthiest option, but chicken nuggets, you know, there are no probiotics, no antibiotics, whatever. Like, so you can have those, you can have tuna fish, you can have egg salad. So like, there was a little bit of a meal plan there. And that's because it it felt doable. It didn't take a lot of thought, not a lot of ingredients. So, um, so I love that point that you make about like really knowing yourself, because that's also part of the equation is really tapping into what you know about yourself and not wavering on that because you think you're supposed to, because, um, someone said that you have to. Exactly. Yeah. And again, planning meals, there's planning meals. It's great. And I personally am one of those people that I really like to plan things. I like structure and I like outlines and all of that stuff, but you can do it in a way that it works for you and that to your comfort level and, and just, you know, being organized. Yeah. So I think there have been so many great takeaways. So if someone is thinking like, okay, I know I need to make a change. What is that first small step that they can take to start laying or laying the foundation if it's not there or recreating the foundation that's already laid? So definitely the very first step that you want to do, and this is the thing that we too often just kind of brush aside and say, nah, that's not important. And that is setting your intentions. Mm -hmm. So your goal might be to improve a a specific health metric, like if you have diabetes or high blood pressure, or it might be to lose a certain number of of pounds. So that is your goal, but you really want to set your intention and your purpose. Like what's the, the bigger, deeper reason? What's the like I will jump out of bed for reason that you are doing this and just really taking the time and thinking about, okay, what is my obstacle? What is my motivator? Mm-hmm. And what is, you know, what is the, the end game? Where am I trying to be? And I actually have a um, wellness on autopilot roadmap template that can, that's totally on the house and free and that you can get on my Instagram. And it really just kind of walks you through the questions that you want to ask, because 
too often we just like we've talked about like too often we just kind of jump into the the steps and mm-hmm. we don't really do the intention up first. And so mm-hmm. we just really want to have just that goal purpose strategy. And so I call it wellness DPS and just really having those three components figured out and just getting inside of who you are and what your life looks like, as opposed to you trying to fit some regimented meal plan of chicken, broccoli, and couscous every single day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that infuriated me the most was that she blatantly told me that she was like going out to the bar and like partying it up with her friends on Friday and Saturday night. And I was like, look, lady, you want me to suffer, but you're having fun. This is not happening. <laughs> well, at least not share that information with you. Right? It was yeah. like, keep it to yourself because I yes. don't really know. <laughs> I'm well, dying well. over here. So, um, but I think that your, your map sounds amazing. And so um, we will put the, um, your Instagram handle in the show notes so that they can go right there and grab it. If someone after listening to this episode um, has a question or just wants to reach out to you through social, is that okay? Like either email or DMs? Yes. Yeah. And you can DM me on Instagram and I am more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much to for joining us on this episode. It's been great. Um, I think there are so many things that the listeners can take away from this and start, you know, moving forward in that direction without the overwhelm, without the frustration, without the guilt too, because I think those are the things that ultimately at the end of the day, sabotage us when we're trying to get into back on track with the wellness journey, or even just started in the first place. Absolutely. And this is been so much fun. It was a pleasure getting to chat with you. Oh, thank you. So if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would also be so kind to leave a review, I take the time to read all the reviews myself to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop resource for us women, because let's face it, we have to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning into another episode and I will see all of you lovely ladies next week.